because it's time for another episode of Outwatch, a Survivor Rewatch podcast. My name is Alex, your host and guide through our rewatch journey where we rewatch, recap, and react to past seasons of Survivor. And welcome aboard, folks, to the first uh, true episode of our Survivor Micronesia Fans vs. Favorites rewatch. It's been a long time coming. We've hyped it up for some times in here. Uh, we are. So whether you are rewatching this season along with us, you're watching this uh, splendid season of Survivor for the very first time, or you're just reminiscing on uh, your your fond memories of seasons past, we're glad that you have joined us in your rewatch or first watch um, experience. This is spoiler free beyond the episode we're talking about, so no worries if you haven't watched beyond where we're at. Like I said, this is the episode for Micronesia. That's the 16th season of Survivor, if you're trying to find it on your Paramount Plus app. And episode one, titled You Guys Are Dumber Than You Look, will be the uh, the subject of today's episode. But before we get deep into this episode, I am joined by three of my friends who have been along this journey with me uh, since episode one. Thanks for hanging in there folks um so uh first scott welcome to outwatch hello um, so good to be welcomed scott with this being fans versus favorite i thought it would be would be appropriate to start out this season by asking each of you of all of the seasons we've watched and the survivors that we have um taken in who is your all-time favorite survivor to this point and why. So. Besides the like the GMC envoy like that doesn't count. <laughs> of course. Um, it goes without saying. It does. I'd probably just say Tony. Um, yeah. From Kageon. Just I don't know. Just. What's not to like about the I mean, there's probably a lot to not like about the way you played. <laughs> It was just really entertaining, and I don't know. I just feel like I just really enjoyed the way he played the game, I guess. And Any Anything yeah. in particular that really sticks with you when you think of Tony and his his game? Well, the only thing that's coming to mind are like Spy Shack and La Llama. Of course, yeah. <laughs> um, but I don't know, he just ran the game. Like, I don't know, just like that season was just like, he just dominated yeah. it. Um, I'm assuming, like... We've talked about it at length in that season, but like he obviously couldn't have got there by himself. But I just really, I don't know, I just really like the way he played. So, yeah. Tony. <laughs> the Lama himself. Uh, Emily, welcome to Outwatch. Thanks for having me. Who is your favorite survivor and why is it Danger Dave? from survivor the amazon <laughs> yeah that wasn't gonna be it for me. Um, 
Sorry about you. Um, I, I think my answer could change anytime you ask me this, but um, I really liked PG a lot from yeah. China. I just think she had such a good game and she just fought so hard. Like there were so many times when she absolutely should have been out, but mm-hmm. she maneuvered her way in. And, you know, obviously she didn't win, but I, I just thought she played such a good game. Yeah. In that season. Yeah, one of the standouts from that season for sure. It hopefully we'll make our way to Survivor Second Chances where PG does return to give it oh, another go. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. I'll bet $100 for it right now. <laughs> <laughs> Your entire auction pool on PG. Just for PG. <laughs> uh, Adam, welcome to Outwatch. So good to be here. Who is your favorite Survivor? And I think PG, Tony, they're both really good answers. I, they're both in my top five, probably. I think if I'm picking my favorite right now, I think I got to go with Zeke. Yeah. Um, from uh, Millennials or Gen X. Yep. I just, I, Zeke is like one of the best players I think that we've ever seen play this game. And mm-hmm. he didn't win his season because he was up against another exceptionally good player. Yeah. Uh, A handful set of, of them. Exceptionally good players. Yeah. yeah. Um, but he was just so fun to watch. Uh, he had some really good, like, uh, to camera pieces that just like were really funny, but like effortlessly funny. Yeah. Uh, he had a lot of real survivor fan moments, but never let, never got too caught up in that. Just, he just had so many like genuine moments on the Island yeah. too, and was a really good strategic player. So I, yeah. I just enjoyed watching Zeke. Yeah. Yeah. Zeke is one of my all time favorites too. Whenever I like, would apply for survivor and they do the like, which, which survivor would you play most? Like I would always say Zeke. I think I've said this before, but I think that, yeah, I, I love the way that he plays too. Um, I, I just thought of this while we were talking about this, but it, you know, it, in, as the crow flies season 41 of survivor just started. And of course there's lots of like preseason stuff that came out before this. Um, and one of the, you know, common questions on all these bios is like, what's your favorite survivor moment ever? Right. And you get like, you know, some of your, you get like your handful ones that you expect, right. I'm sure somebody said like James being voted out with two idols. There's like a moment or two of this season that we're watching right now that get mentioned all the time. Um, But there, I had two points from this. One is that one of the players named Nasir, he said, this is a moment that we watched too, that his favorite moment ever was the sandworm challenge from Millennials versus Gen X when Brett LaBelle's pants fell down and you saw his butt. <laughs> I'm like, what a pull. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, and it also made me think about like when, if I was asked this question, you know, there's like so many examples of these like big strategic moves like, oh, when this person played two idols or when this person blocked these votes or yada, yada, yada. It'd be like when Tony talked like a llama. That one's yeah. my favorite. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> forget your strategy plays. It's Tony's llama. <laughs> I would love if someone was like when when Morgan apologized for not voting with uh, <laughs> what's his face. <laughs> yeah, 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 LJ or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Just so many great That's, moments to choose from. That is. 
Just one of my favorite moments. Just that whole conversation. Yeah. Hey, I'm not going to vote with y'all. <laughs> Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Je- it was Jeffrey and Jeremiah. That's that's who it was. It was Jeremiah. Jeremiah. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Okay. Yeah. That's fine. Then you got to do what you got to do. Top of the morning, dude. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's go ahead and take a trip down to Tree Mail. It's been a while since we've done this after our um our mini series. We're gonna go back to Tree Mail and recap what happened this episode. Come along. Uh, so we kick this game off, Survivor, Micronesia, fans versus favorites. You get your typical intro package. And the tribes are introduced. Um, you've got fans over here, and you've got your favorites on the other tribe. Um, the favorites come out one by one. They're cheered, except for Johnny Fairplay, who is, you know, jeered. And, and uh, they're, they're not happy to see him out there. Um, Right when they start, they get a little, there's a little individual challenge where they have to swim across the ocean to get to their camps. And there's, it's revealed that there's an individual immunity idol at e- either camp, which is good for just the first tribal that both tribes attend. Yao Man finds it for the favorites tribe and Kathy on the fans tribe, who's just kind of wandering around nearby, happens to be in the right place at the right time. And Yao says, hey, pick that idol up. Also in this whole fracas Johnny Fairplay does get his head smashed into a boat, which he's not happy about. Um, at the fans tribe, Kathy gets an immediate dodo edit and seems to be firmly on the outs of things. Um, and at the favorites tribe, there is an immediate pairing up between Ozzy and Amanda and Parvati and James. And Eliza really sees this happening and calls it out. So in response, Eliza, Yao Man, Jonathan, and Amy um, form a little coalition as well, which leaves Fairplay and Suri in the middle, kind of in the power spot. Amazing moment at that favorites tribe where Yao Man, without flint, makes fire using the reflection of the sun through his glasses. Wild stuff. We then have our first immunity challenge, which is also for reward where you've got to make some wheels and then push a cart and then solve a puzzle. The fans win this one. They win immunity and they get Flint as well. Back at the favorites camp. Now it's time to vote someone out. There is some back and forth between those two groups. Fairplay and Suri seem to be in the middle, but then all of a sudden Fairplay seems uh, to start telling people that he's not really into it and that he wants to go home because his girlfriend is pregnant and he can't, bear the idea of something happening to her or her daughter while he's gone. Uh, So Parvati takes this information and uses it to get the other group to vote with him or to vote him out instead of her with, of course, lots of help from fair play (laughs) telling them to do so himself. Um, At tribal, it's pretty much a done deal, but Jeff spends a lot of time debating whether fair play is in fact quitting and using this as an excuse or if he, you know, really is feeling this way. And without much fanfare, the first boot of Survivor Micronesia is your friend and mine, Johnny Fairplay. Um, yeah, let's let's start there and talk about kind of the high points here. First, Adam, Johnny Fairplay on your tribe. You are the owner of the first boot. Um, what did you think about 
this whole situation, his showing here in the first episode and um, his kind of taking himself out of the game. I I was pretty shocked, I guess, that he went out the way he did. I like it wouldn't have been surprising to me if Johnny Fairplay had been voted out honestly in the first tribal. Like that would not have surprised me. But the fact that he just couldn't get his head in the game, um, that was kind of surprising. I think that's a totally understandable reason. Like I I get it. That that'd be hard. Like, especially timing and everything where he's at like he if he finished the game like there's he'd be like right on the edge of like Mm -hmm. when his daughter is supposed to be born assuming that she arrives on time so like i that's a really hard thing to play through um just in general i wasn't i wasn't convinced that um johnny fairplay was actually like of nominating himself out until the votes were read. Yeah, did you think he had like a a master plan up his sleeve? Well, I kind of like the way the way it went from him talking to Parvati and Parvati like like the way that Parvati talked about it was like, oh, like we can like blindside people with this was kind of like her thought when he said this Mm -hmm. and that seems like a real Johnny Fairplay kind of move is to like get people to like vote for me. Like I'll become the target, but really like there's five, six of us that are going to vote off this other person. Yeah. Um, and it just is cover, but yeah, I, I don't know. It, I, I, I kind of expected something to happen. The fact that nothing did was really weird, but yeah, it's kind of, yeah. kind of like, uh, I don't know, anticlimactic in a way. It's like there's this buildup. They're keep like, oh, what's fair play going to do? And it's like, he's just he's just out. Well, and, and that's the thing. He didn't do he didn't do anything like yeah. he is. No, he was in a good spot. Quote unquote, quote unquote, reputation to live up to. He was perfectly fine going into this tribal. Like he wouldn't have gone home if he didn't want to go home. But yeah. yeah. Emily, do you did you take this as genuine from fair play or did you? Um, were you team Jeff as far as <laughs> is this a quit? Are you using this as an excuse? Um, I yeah, I definitely wasn't team Jeff. Like when Jeff kept coming at him, yeah. like, well, you know, this is probably crap, right? And Johnny was like, no, like I don't Are know you what else to right tell now? you. I was like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I was like, I don't, I don't think there's any kind of angle for him here. It was just weird because. Like we've kind of mentioned, he was, we never saw a shot and I'm sure they did this on purpose, but we never really saw a shot of him being like, yes, please vote me out. Right. The end. Right. It was never that clear. And so, but I couldn't figure out what that would like, what the benefit would be. I mean, I'm sure that there could have been some kind of scheme in there, but yeah. whatever it was, I didn't, I don't know what that could have been. And so for that to be as vague as it was, I was like, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if he just wants to leave. Mm hmm. So the extra layer to this story, which I had to look up to confirm, um, and it it is as good as confirmed from Fairplay himself, is this is actually, this is wild. This is all, like, true, but the extra layer of it is that shortly before, like, within a couple weeks, I think, of him going out to Micronesia, he was at a, like, um, reality stars event. Or something like this, like a like a show. And he was on stage and some other guy like 
tackled him and he had to get like dental surgery because he got busted up. Like basically this guy like kicked his ass on stage at an event. And so he had to get like surgery and then like short went out to play shortly after um, and like thought he could tough it out. And then like the, the incident running into the boat, like exacerbated it. And he said he was just in like so much pain that he couldn't deal with it. Mm. But that because of the way that survivor is produced, especially in this day and age, like it's such like a, a self-contained story, right? Like they would, they wouldn't talk about like how he's hurt because this reality show outside of the game you know caused him to take an injury right now like maybe in in current survivor they would like let some of this in but not in in this age of survivor so Mm -hmm. i think that yeah everything he said was like true and certainly a part of it but the other part of it was that he was like um physically in rough shape too okay that makes more sense because it I mean, obviously, it's fine for him to miss his family, but it was just so sudden. Totally, totally. And it was after that challenge, mm-hmm. so that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why, one of the, like, wilder things that's ever happened in a Survivor is just, <laughs> like, uh, just straight chaos. Um, other than that, what is, what is your initial take on um, this season and, and maybe, like, a high point from this episode? Scott, was there um, anything that grabbed you in this first episode that... Um, was really entertaining. Um, I just thought it was interesting to like kind of the contrast between the two tribes. Like we got the, like the favorite tribe, like kind of like killing it at first, like using their experience, like getting their, getting their shelter, all that stuff. Yeah. Man's freaking lighting a fire with his glasses. Like it was like how easy it was for them. And then like the fans and how like they were struggling to get a shelter. Um, kind of like unraveling at the seams, all mm-hmm. that stuff. But then I thought it was interesting how like, then it like flipped and then the, the fans win immunity. And went, I don't know. I just thought that was really interesting. Yeah. Overall. <clears throat> Adam, did you have a high point from this episode? Um, yeah, I think that I, I agree with Scott, like the contrast really like the seeing what it's like to have never been on survivor before. And build camp versus people who had done this before was striking. Yeah. It was just, it was crazy how much faster and better they were at it. Um, I mean, like they, they had camp that night, like everything was fine. And it was just, and that was, that was so strange to see for most of the survivor mm-hmm. things. I, I do think, um, so this is season 16 this is immediately after survivor China. Is that right? Or yep. is that? Yep. Correct. Yeah. So I, I think what's really interesting is survivor China's strategy stuff happened early with a select group of people, mm-hmm. but then no one else played the strategy game until much later. Mm-hmm. This was like from the beach. Yep. Like everyone is like starting to play little bits of these strategy things and not just the favorites, even but fans too are coming into this, like a little bit more ready to play strategy in a way that the people in China definitely weren't. So I, I think this, this feels like such a jump in like time yeah. in terms of the way that they're playing survivor strategically that I'm, I'm kind of surprised at how quickly we got to the strategy stuff, but I'm glad yeah. 
because it it feels it feels very mid-season compared to most of the seasons that we've been watching yeah so that is a great point yeah it, it does like start from the word go yeah which i hadn't thought about comparing directly to china but you're right like that stuff doesn't happen until like it's a slow start you know like once the the swaps hits it gets interesting but until then it is pretty much like okay dave's doing weird stuff all right we're mm-hmm. gonna vote him out okay um emily what about you anything that hasn't been touched on yet that really stuck out to you in this episode uh just the wagon accident yeah <laughs> yeah that was oh, bad it was so terrible was bad because eliza just flipped over the front of that and she just had this huge like she clutched at her eye and i was yeah. terrified that she like poked her eye and i think it was right mm-hmm. under her eye that she got hit mm-hmm. but even then like just oh my gosh i just something about that just made me feel so icky and yeah. then she like got back on the wagon and they were going and she just had that like dazed look of like i am so shocked and in pain i am not even in this mentally but then she yeah. like by the end of it she was you know telling people stuff and she wasn't that was ugh, yeah I that. <laughs> maybe get a con- concussion protocol on eliza after that one yeah that was just i don't know like the more i watched that i was like how are these wheels even holding up because there are four puzzle pieces for a wheel yeah <laughs> four wheels on this wagon and there's just like a little nut that keeps the wheel on the wagon and i was like there's no effing way these would stay together <laughs> like they would buckle and they did like yeah. one of them by the end um they were holding onto a wheel just to keep it on the car i was like this is a disaster i'm surprised no one got hurt worse uh-huh. than they did honestly yeah yeah uh instances like this where people are like passengers and don't have control over what their body does is like bad news because this stuff yeah. happens yeah uh let's start from the top then let's start with the um, the entrance from some of these favorites, most notably, of course, um, Johnny Fairplay, who really does um, bring a lot in one episode. Maybe the most iconic one and done episode of any player. Um, but he starts things out, Scott, by showing up cosplaying as Jeff Probst in a will lie <laughs> for food hat. Um, Jeff comments he may already be drunk. <laughs> yeah would you expect it from anyone else though <laughs> like nobody else can do that and like pull it off and you can just tell that like jeff has to secretly just freaking hate him oh 100 percent, 100 percent. maybe not so secretly yeah yeah <laughs> but you know johnny fairplay has just done he just did something that nobody else like everybody else has already thought about doing as a survivor fan and that's dressing up as jeff probes yeah um, the hat was fa- fantastic too. The mm-hmm. will life for food. I think we've already like discussed that yeah. hat moving forward here. Yeah. Um, which would be awesome for the winner of this potential season. Yeah. yeah. Early fantasy. favorite <laughs> as the prize for the fantasy survivor winner. I've got a couple ideas from some stuff that happens later on this season, but there's really no shortage of great props. So maybe it'll be like a little <laughs> gift basket of Micronesia memorabilia. <laughs> <laughs> But yes, I was like, not really. I was intrigued, entertained. I chuckled. I was also not surprised because nobody else could pull it off. Yeah, Fairplay in his first confessional says that he, quote, played a perfect game and is, quote, the best to ever play. Mm -hmm. We watched that season, folks. What do you think about those comments? (laughs) 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 What does the tape say? 
I I think he may have been loaded. <laughs> Are you loaded right now? May already be drunk. So, so strategically in that season, he was probably in the top what, like three, four? Yeah, for, I, yeah. I, yep, one or two. Like if he wasn't just if he wasn't such like an a hole, he probably, you know, yep. It, it was kind of like it, there was almost like a flippy floppiness to his like game was, I think, the bigger issue was he would like he would like do something and then be like, oh, I actually don't want to stay here long term. I want to go back to where I was and stay there long term. Mm-hmm. And like, you can't do that. <laughs> like your, your big moves need to be long term plays. So yeah. like <laughs> he and Sander especially had this like they hated each other, but they worked together, but they hated each other mm-hmm. like sort of thing going on. I mean, that's where we learn that Sandra can get loud, too. She can get loud, too. And, you know, we're grateful for it. (laughs) So, Emily, off the bat here, you know, we saw the early kind of differences between these two tribes. Um, Based on what we've seen so far, even though the the favorites are down one member, how do you think this is going to go on a in a long term perspective? Do you think that the favorites have the clear upper hand here? Or do you think that things are maybe more even than um, maybe we would have anticipated? Yeah, I think when we did our draft, I thought a lot about like the favorites know what's going to happen. And I think that they definitely have benefits because of that, but there are definitely negatives to being returning players too. And I think one that we saw in this episode that I didn't think about was kind of, I don't know if I would call it ego or just comfort, but just the way that they performed in the challenge. Mm -hmm. Um, Them talking about how, you know, they think the other team just had a lot more heart. They were more excited. And so they did, they did better in the challenge. So I didn't really think about that. I think that's something that they'll correct pretty quickly now that they've been walloped, but um, still interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I put a lot of favorites on my team, so hopefully they do come through. <laughs> have they started? I apologize because we watched two episodes. Have they started their little romances? I know. Mm, um, we get Harvey's the- kind of like yeah, sideline up to um, James. 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 Yeah, we get a little bit of it like, this episode. Yeah, it's a lot heavier yeah. next episode, but we get the the yeah. roots. Yeah, because you just like from the get go, you just see these two couples kind of like getting to know each other and it being like, well, they, they're definitely into each other. Mm-hmm. That was kind of surprising. So I was like, you'll have seen how this show happens and you know that usually romances are not going to help you. Yeah. So it's just kind of surprising. But then again, maybe that's the mentality of like, ah, whatever, we're back. Who cares? Like we're having fun. I don't know. It was just a weird yeah. thing. I wasn't expecting. And they I, all have the big personalities, like they're known. Mm-hmm, and so mm-hmm. I don't know. Yep. Those were things I weren't expecting. I yeah. wasn't expecting. There's like, it's like a, finding out your favorite celebrity started dating. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> There's like a level two that, you know, again, will never be a part of the show. But like you imagine that some of these people or, you know, some of these people know each other in real life mm. outside of the game. Right. From like going to the events and like running in the same circles and stuff. And like that obviously plays a huge factor in things. If you out there with your real life friend you know you're going to treat them differently than somebody you just met right so that kind of like pregame stuff always plays an important role 
in the reality of these returning player seasons, whether or not we actually hear about it on the island. And almost every time you don't hear about it, because like we said, you know, Survivor likes it to be this contained um, experience. The magic bubble cannot be broken until season 41. It's broken all over the place. But um, and so is the fourth wall. This is another wild thing in season 41. Um, if you have watched, you know, the beginning of this season, you know, but my friends here on the pod have not. Jeff goes full like Steve from Blue's Clues a few points and like looks right into the camera and like talks to the audience. So like right before tribal, like the people are walking in and he like turns to the camera and he goes, first tribal council. Here we go. And like, <laughs> yeah, that's so weird. And like at the very beginning, he no. was like, he's like, we're going to let you in on more of the game than usual this this season. He's like walking through the jungle and he's like, I've got here this brand new advantage and I'm going to put it right here in this tree. And so now pay attention. We'll see if anybody gets close to it or whatever. It's pretty bonkers. I'm into it so far, but it's uh, I can see wow. it getting annoying. Um. Let's talk a little bit about some of these returning players that we haven't seen yet that we get our first taste of in this episode. I think that Yao Man probably has the biggest presence um, in this first episode of the players that we haven't seen before. Scott, you were saying how much of a Yao stan you are. Um, yeah, I well, am. Yeah, talk about Yao Man's um, performance here. So literally from like the opening scene where he like bashes Johnny Fairplay's face off of the canoe. <laughs> like... <laughs> And he goes, oh, sorry. <laughs> Basically. And then, like, I don't know, just, like, the way he carries himself. Like, like my favorite quote from this um, episode is when he votes Johnny Fairplay out. And he goes, John, if you need any help, because, you know, <laughs> loving father, let me know. I could have some advice for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was cracking up. Like, I don't know, just, like... The way he talked, like I don't like the magnifying glass starting fire with mm-hmm. the sun, like not the magnifying, like his using his glasses or whatever. Uh-huh. Like I was such a fan. Like I wish I would have like bid more for yeah, man on my mm-hmm. team. <laughs> yeah, Adam, awesome. Adam, you pulled uh, Yao. How you feeling about that? I feel really good about it. I feel like I got him for real cheap too, and mm-hmm. I'm just—he's such a joy to watch. Like he's just one of those people that like he looks like he's just having fun like he treats it like a game he's not taking it too seriously or anything and he's really freaking smart so i don't know i i really like him Mm -hmm. he's a really good guy (laughs) yeah yeah he is a a, too pure for this game (laughs) another person in this episode that we see a lot of that we haven't seen before is eliza um not just taking the ding but you see her kind of identifying some of these strategic things going around um, camp and all that. Um, Emily, what were your first impressions of Eliza Orleans? Yeah, I know. I remembered when we did the draft, just reading about her time on her previous season and how she was, wasn't she the one that everyone thought was annoying or something? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I remember some people were talking about her maybe being shifty. Yeah. And I think from what we've seen, <laughs> she seems like really into the game, very much like paying attention to what's happening. Um, She formed an alliance pretty quickly, but I don't so far. I haven't seen anything that makes me think she's like, yeah, you know, well, shifty or annoying. Yeah. I think what's interesting about Eliza is 
the way the first episode is edited is there's Eliza who's talking to people about what she's seeing. Yep. So she's talking about James and Parvati and talking about Ozzy and Amanda yeah. and talking about how that's a problem and like we should all team up. And then it cuts to uh, to camera with Jonathan who's giving us these like long term like I would take Johnny Fairplay to the final too if I could. He needs us more than he needs him. And he's sitting there explaining this super long term strategy that he has yeah. that he's not telling anyone. And Eliza's telling people what she's seeing in the moment. So you have this really interesting contrast between these two highly tactical players uh, that are on the same team and are in the same alliance. But like you see that there will be tension here because of the mm-hmm. <laughs> type of players that they are. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I really liked Eliza from what I saw. Yeah. Yeah. Good first, first episode for her. You see like, it's it's her, Amy, Yao, and Jonathan, which kind of form the counter like young hot people <laughs> alliance, you know, <laughs> like um, yeah, like we've said with Suri and, and Johnny Fairplay in the middle, which ultimately doesn't you know come to blows at this point because Fairplay bows out. But um, I think another interesting thing with these returning players is how their like past reputations affect things going into this season, right? Like I think you see this most starkly with Fairplay and Parvati. We've talked about like fair play and how people are like, oh, he's a scumbag. You can't trust him. Or alternatively, people like Jonathan being like, because he's a scumbag, I want to take him to the end because everyone hates him. Like um, with Parv, too, you see people make really like snap judgments about her. Like, wow, she's so like manipulative. She's dangerous. Um, People are scared of her, which is interesting given her showing in Cook Islands, which was good, but by no means at the level of like, a, you know, a Johnny Fairplay villain or like um I don't know, I'm trying to think of another example. Someone like Ozzy who like just um was such a challenge beast, right? What do you think, um, Scott, about this initial uh perception of of some of these players, especially like Fairplay and Parvati who came in with really people having really strong like um feelings about what they were like? Yeah, like I kind of got where they're coming from. Like it's hard to like isolate like especially like for the returning players, like it's hard not to like isolate Johnny Fairplay, like right. and take him at his word, just given like how he's played in the past. Like even if he's turned over a completely different leave, it's hard to like trust him because like, you know how like shitty of a player he was. <laughs> in his first go around. Yeah. <laughs> um, so like, I get it. I, I do. Um, the poverty thing I was, I'm confused by a little bit. Cause like you said, like, she was good um, in the her first go around, but yeah, like I never got the impression she was like some major, you know, tactical beast or yeah. you know, super manipulative villain or anything like that. Um, so I'm surprised that people are kind of treating her that way off the bat. But mm-hmm. yeah, but like I said, I, I get it. Like it's hard not to. It's hard to like not look at how these people have played before, especially given that information. Like it's all information you can use. Yeah, I'm on that side. I'm I'm curious if the Parvati thing is Jonathan. That's a good um, point. Because I, I think he has the most to like lose with Parvati staying in the game. Yeah. She, I mean, Ozzy, I don't think you have to worry about him from a strategic perspective, but Parvati knows what Jonathan was like mm-hmm. outside of what the camera was like for that season. She and she she made he made her want to throw real up. Petty that season. Yeah, he made her want to throw yeah. up. So I, I 
I'm, I'm curious how much of that was just Jonathan sort of being like, I need to get rid of this person quickly because they are bad for my game. That's a good point. And I can make the argument that they're strategic. And it's like, I think she is a strategic player for sure. Yeah. Like she's threatening in that way. She's physically fit, good in the challenges, does work around camp. So, I mean, like, I, I think there's like reason for her to go, but I, I feel like the, the 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 poverty hunt really probably came from Jonathan if I had to take a mm-hmm. guess at it. Sorry, not only did he make her want to throw up, she he made her want to throw up all over his face. That was the exact all point. over his face. Yeah. Right. Um. Yeah. Are are ultimately are we upset that Johnny Fairplay goes out here in episode one? He like he gives you a lot in this first episode. Are you? disappointed that we don't get more from him as the season goes on or was this really all you were interested um in getting from him anybody with strong feelings about the uh the fair play lack of presence yes yes emily please yes i was raising my hand for our (laughs) listeners um (laughs) yes for the audio medium yes (laughs) right um i i don't want to be like maybe this is not negative or cynical perhaps but I felt like it just felt like maybe when they were promoing this season, they were like fans versus favorites, including Johnny Fairplay and like yeah. making a big deal out of him. And like it felt like his reputation was bigger than him at this mm-hmm. point because it was like Jeff just, you know, razzing on him and be like, are you drunk? And like he's trying to leave. and He's like, you don't really want to leave. And it was yeah. just like, yeah, I don't know. He's he is like, you know, silly. and devious but he he's just a player like yeah. i don't know i just felt like we were just like ah, oh, john like who am i thinking of there's like some kind of tv show oh it's um arrested development with that guy who comes out and surprises them all the time <laughs> and that's why you Gene always Par- leave a no parmesan yes yes parmesan. And then- oh wait no wait are you talking about the are you talking about the guy with the one arm or yeah, the, yeah, yeah yeah oh yeah. not okay, not, yeah. not him you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, the guy with the one arm. <laughs> Whatever. If you haven't seen Arrested Development, there's this character that comes out of nowhere every once in a while, and the matriarch of the show will just lose her mind. Every yeah, time that's she that's Gene Parmesan. That's yeah, Gene that's Parmesan. Parmesan. Okay, he, he he has both his arms. Okay, what, sure? I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Gene Parmesan. I know the basis. Oh, of what okay, I'm yeah. About. There's two different people. There's Gene Parmesan yeah. is the one who dresses up as other people, and then is like, "It's yeah. me, Gene Parmesan." And then there's yeah. the yeah. other guy who's like. Uh, pretends to die to like teach the children scarring life to lessons. Teach them a lesson. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. He's, he's the one armed man. Yeah. Okay. So I think I'm thinking of Jane Parmesan. Anyway, it's the one, the matriarch of the show. She just loses her mind every time she figures out it's him and she just thinks it's so funny yeah. every time like he comes out of his costume. That's what this, all of that to say. That's what this feels like <laughs> to me. It's like, oh, we've made it such a big deal, but really it's not that big of a deal. Sure. So I think on one hand, like I kind of do. I don't know. I think there was a lot of like drama and ridiculousness around Johnny Fairplay. I think it would have been interesting to see him as a player because I yeah. don't think he would have been like this big. Like I, it, I feel like he would have played the game, and it would have been interesting to see how his strategy had changed. Yeah, well, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think you can play the way that Johnny Fairplay played the first time twice. No, you no. can't do it. Like everyone knows now, right? So I, I think we would have gotten a different Johnny Fairplay, and it wouldn't have lived. I don't think it would have lived up to the hype that like. Yeah. everyone was bringing yeah. it to for sure as well 
but yeah. also like I, I i think that there's like a part of me that's a little sad that we didn't get to see like the other side of johnny fairplay's mm-hmm. game to right. see him adapt in a strategic setting and do something else yeah. like i think it's definitely sad i don't i'm not like i don't know i'm not like upset that he's gone or anything i am curious to see what everyone does i think i am like pretty much like equal levels upset if any of them had gone home sure sure <laughs> I'm not like particularly attached to Johnny Fairplay in any yeah. way, shape, or form. Yeah, yeah. I would. Yeah, I am interested in how it would have gone because he like you get the same like snarky, um, misogynistic, self confident Johnny Fairplay in confessional, you know, that you're used to. But then it seems like in the game itself, he's like got a softer touch with the people that he's playing with, right? Like, um. You know, if he didn't go home over it, but like talking about his girlfriend and daughter or like saying, hey, it's me. I'm a real person. Like he made a joke about like his grandma dying, <laughs> you know, which was yeah, yeah. I thought was funny. Um, yeah, uh, yeah I, I'm really interested how he would go. And like if you like. I don't know, Courtney Yates kind of fits this archetype, right, of the person who in confessional is just like scathing and in like incredible, but in the game is like less so, you know? And so she like gives it to you, the viewer, but not necessarily to the, to the other players. I wonder if fair play had that in him, but you know, he does also in episode one, tell the entire other tribe, you guys are dumber than you look, which, you know, yeah. doesn't go over super well. He also, so- there was a, a confessional where he was like, um, talking about how he was like lying to both groups or whatever. And he was like, and everyone's believing me. Don't you guys watch this show? Like, yeah, that, <laughs> that did funny. make me laugh. Yeah. I thought that was great. So, how long has it been since Pearl Island at this point? Yeah, that was season seven, and this is sixteen. So it's been like five ish years. Four years, five years. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. So maybe he's just turned over a new leaf yeah. a little bit. And it's long enough that like your you your persona becomes more than like what you actually were, right? Because people like remember yeah. like. Johnny Fairplay lied about his grandma dying, but they don't remember the day in day out experience of, you know, Johnny Fairplay. Um, one other note I had to make is that James um, says that I had to rewind this and turn subtitles on to get this exact quote. But James says that Parvati is, quote, one of them sex kitten type girls. Okay, I thought that this happened in the next episode. I was going to talk about it then, and I'm glad that you brought it up. <laughs> what What is that? I Jen and I are watching this season, for the record, and we had to rewind it like three times to get a, a clean take of what he said. Like, what what is happening here? I'm not sure I want to know. No, I don't either. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just... I'm so curious if this was like if we were around in 2008, like adults in 2008, that this would have made sense. Like it's some cultural reference, but like genuinely no clue what he's talking about. Are we saying we don't know the term sex kitten? No, you've never heard that. No, where have you heard this? No, I don't think so. Wow. I didn't know that's where this was based off. Yeah, that's a phrase. It's a thing people say. What? I live under a rock, so... <laughs> what does it mean, though? Just, you know, you're promiscuous. Mm. And it's used, I'm sure, just for women. Okay, so it's like... Why, though? I don't know why. Okay, it means... Yeah, promiscuous. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, probably more than that, but I don't know why I know that. 
kind of hilarious. A lot actually. of a lot of judgment from James there, <laughs> right off the bat, <laughs> to say that. Okay. I think he just likes to flirt. Yep. Hey, we've we've seen two instances of James type now. You've got Parvati and you've got Denise, <laughs> which are very different ends of the spectrum. But you know, James is into all, all kinds, I guess. There's a Wikipedia article on sex kitten. I'm, you know, that was brave of you for typing that into your browser. <laughs> um, anything else that we missed here before we move on to our um, fantasy update for the first time of the season and not a sex kitten type of fantasy update. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're good. All right. So let's do a, a quick little run through of how scoring works. It's the same as it's been for a while now. Um, you get 10 points for acquiring an idol or an advantage. I am counting those initial one-shot idols that Kathy and Yao Man found as an idol or an advantage. Uh, 10 points for winning immunity, 5 points for rewards, so since these are combined challenges, that's going to be 15 points if you win those. You get 5 points for naming the episode, which Johnny Fairplay did as a last-minute Hail Mary. And then 5 points for voting correctly, 5 points for surviving a tribal council. Um, pretty much everybody here receives the maximum amount of points that they can get um, because everybody votes correctly. It's pretty chalk here. Fairplay gets five points on his way out. Um, Yao Man gets 10 points for the idol. Um, so that'll, after one episode, leave us with, in third place, 60 points is Scott's tribe. In second place with 70 is Emily's tribe. And Adam with the early lead with 80 points after the after idol. After losing a member. Yes, yeah. after losing oh Johnny Fairplay. Really? <laughs> um, so there you have it. Um, also worth noting, Kathy on waivers. Nobody has Kathy. That's 10 cool points left sitting there on the bench. Um, after episode two, if anybody is interested in making trades or waiver claims, Kathy and Natalie Bolton are available. Uh, any last minute notes? Anything we missed before we wrap up this here episode? All right. This one covered it. As episode is as over as Johnny Fairplay's stint on Survivor Micronesia, and both of them lasted about the same amount of time. Thanks for listening to this episode of Sur Outwatch. A Survivor Rewatch podcast. Make sure that you are subscribed or following our feed wherever you get your podcasts so that you don't miss an episode. We're just kicking into this season and it's going to be a banger, as the kids say. By the way, I heard somebody um, recently, like out and about, say this waiting room music slaps and it really hurt <laughs> me on a deep, deep level. Um, <laughs> listener support is also active for Outwatch. Thank you to our supporters who help us make this podcast possible, who fund our Paramount Plus subscriptions. We appreciate it deeply. Um, if you two are interested in supporting our show, there is a link in the podcast description. Next time on Outwatch, we will be discussing episode two of Survivor Micronesia titled The Sounds of Jungle Love. Might be hearing some sex kittens out there in the jungle. We'll see you next time. 